It's May 11th, 1996, and Salvation by the Cranberries is number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart. Hello and welcome to Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. I'm Trav. I'm Quillen. I'm Al, and this is a podcast where we talk about every song that reached number one on the Billboard Modern Rock chart in the 90s, beginning with Kurt Cobain's death in April 1994. Today we'll be talking about Salvation, the first single from the Cranberries' third album, To the Faithful Departed. Salvation spent just four weeks at the T of the Sea, that's the top of the charts. Here's a clip. <laughs> All right, we're back, uh, and I think we've been kind of excited about this one. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about this one for yeah. a while. Last time that we visited the Cranberries, we um, had a lot of positive things to say in general, but we didn't necessarily give very high marks to the song we talked about uh, back when we talked about Zombie. So um, how did you guys like salvation trav i think this is a song that you have encouraged me to listen to in recent years um why don't you get us started i love salvation it is uh great and uh man it just rips ass start to finish i don't know what the tempo is with the beats per minute but it like picks up right from the start never slows down gets in gets out takes care Mm -hmm. of business in about two and a half minutes it is awesome well, I know yeah, you I like love... the concept of salvation as a whole <laughs> in music, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I I love this song. I always have. Um, I remember it as a kid, loving it. Um, and it's fun because uh, recently rediscovering it. I I mean, recent as in like a couple of years ago. Um, just noticing things in it that I did not pick up on or, or notice as a, as a kid. And, um, yeah, it's just brought me a, a wealth of enjoyment. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's probably one of my favorite songs or singles, at least of the, of the nineties. It's great. Yeah. I, uh, I like this song a lot. I don't remember feeling any particular way about it, um, back in the day, but I wish that, uh, the cranberries would give us some more, up-tempo music um there there are a couple of them on this album but it's a totally a new look for them i don't remember ever hearing an up-tempo song on those first two cranberries records do you nothing that comes to mind Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh yeah fast and short is definitely something that i'm uh really into would you consider it a punk song i would say message no Mm-hmm. Uh, well may- maybe though uh straight edge i guess uh, <laughs> sure that's <laughs> a a bit of an indirect route to the straight edge punk but we'll throw it in there <laughs> but it, it's it's i think it's pu- punky right like it's it's got a uh, it's definitely punky mm-hmm. yeah. yeah punk flavored mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's got a good uh chunky bass tone on it yeah and um i'm curious if you all ever uh heard this a little bit but um at the end we've got dolores o'riordan doing some ahas aha aha which is straight out of tame by the pixies oh yeah it sure i think is. it's deliberate mm. do you oh never noticed that i mean i never made the comparison uh but yeah. that makes perfect sense yeah i i think that that's uh i think that that is on purpose i don't know yeah 
great, great call. The other great legacy at work here is uh, we got some horns. Oh, the horns. Yeah. That was, I, I didn't remember that from, from being a kid. I, I feel like I would have picked that out, and I, I'm surprised that I, I never did when I was younger, but yeah. Horns, courtesy of producer Bruce Fairbairn, who apparently is known <laughs> for horn arrangements and what is otherwise an arena rock resume. And uh, I would say, very, very notably, uh, this is the guy who produced uh, Ragdoll by Aerosmith. Uh, Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, both which feature elaborate horn arrangements and songs that are highly elevated by their horn arrangements. Um, Permanent Vacation by Aerosmith is kind of this guy's probably biggest record. And uh, he went on to do Pump and uh, Get a Grip, The Holy Trinity. So even though there's no horns on him, he also produced uh, Love in an Elevator, one of the most impeccably produced radio rock songs I can think of, and uh, Janie's Got a Gun. Both remarkable recordings. Beautiful. Straight from the Fair Baron. Straight from the Fair Baron. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about funny names, did you all ever notice this drummer's name? No. No. His drummer's name is Fergal. That's his first name. Oh, that's very Fergal. Irish, right? Fergal Lawler. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> that, that is a great name. Mm-hmm. Lawler? Lawler? Lawler or Lawler? Lawler. <laughs> L-A-W-L-E-R. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, interesting thing about this song, especially as it relates to our podcast, I think I was kind of down on zombie because it was this plotting song that was the same four chords over and over mm. again. Well, salvation is the same three chords over and over mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. but is awesome. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you play zombie at this tempo, is it as good as salvation? What, what I mean, is it can tempo alone make a song as awesome as it turns out to be? Like, if this song was played slower, I wouldn't say, oh, that's a great song. Yeah. Tempo can do a lot. I mean, that was a lot of my, compl- a lot of the songs that I've complained about, it's been about tempo. Um, that was the core of, of a lot of my problems with Frog Stomp, with mm-hmm. 16 Stone, mm-hmm. and a lot of my problem with Zombie. Um, yeah, just the, what's with this mid, like mid-tempo, sla- like maybe even slightly slower than mid-tempo uh, hard rock thing. Not not super into it. Mm-hmm. Um, another connection, though, with zombie is uh, preachiness. We had some trouble with the preachiness in zombie. Apparently, critics had a big problem with the preachiness of Salvation. Mm-hmm. This is a song that's very explicitly uh, like, don't do it. Uh, inject yourself with liberty. It's free. Uh, what's the message for the parents? Um, uh, tie your kids home to their beds. Clean their heads. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little, uh, a little too uh, uh, harsh there for for yeah. me. I think. I mean, is it a problem? I mean, does it make me think less of the song? No. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't care for the lyrics. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm, I, I, I don't have anything against an anti-drug message. Um, but, um, I personally don't have issues with, um, 
drugs like I like I used to, you know, as as a, a kid, you know, it was, you know, the the dare. I'm sure we all went through the dare program, right? Like, yes. you know, as a kid, I was scared of of that stuff, and um, as an adult, I won't. Oh, I've got it handy. Whipped out. I've got his, my certificate handy. I promise. Certificate. That was not in anticipation <laughs> of recording. It's actually oh. it's actually in the drawer of my desk. This wow, is nice. um, <laughs> Ann Arbor Police Department, Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor Public Schools Certificate of Achievement. May it be known that um, my full name, which is a secret in our podcast, <laughs> has completed the curriculum in drug abuse resistance education and has made a personal commitment to avoid the pressures to begin using drugs. Signed by the chief of police and the principal of my school. Nice. February 5th, 1996. Yeah. So I... Uh, beat Dolores Arard into yeah. the punch. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations, Alec. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I don't really uh, mess with the stuff. Um, <laughs> what, heroin? <laughs> is it specifically heroin? I think it's prime. Well, they say doing lines, so I guess that'd probably be coke. Mm, yeah. yeah. Don't mess with that stuff either, eh? Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, like... But they marijuana. talk about heroin eyes, too, don't they? Yes, they... Yeah. they uh, so, so marijuana, we, we pretty much at this point do not consider a drug, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, it's just a little bit of a, it's preachy. Like you say, Al, like it's, I think it can be a fine message, but in this context, it's a bit, a bit much, mm-hmm. a bit silly. I just realized, I guess I kind of uh, secretly fear that, like, if this were a pro-drug song at this tempo, it would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the drug thing is weird. We've seen it destroy the lives of several people that we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Weiland probably, well, but ultimately, wasn't Dolores O'Riordan's death in some way? Related? Oh, I'm gonna feel really bad if we remember that she had cancer or something. I no, it wasn't that. I, I think it was uh, um, self-imposed. Yeah, but it might have been more mental health than. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess the two things can go hand in hand. Oh yeah, she did write this song though. After I think about with drug addiction, right? I don't oh, know. I don't know. Did you read that? I feel like I did, (laughs) but (laughs) per usual, (laughs) I did not note that anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like I did read that. I don't know why there's something in rock music that's more appealing about maybe hearing some, I don't know. You know, I feel like you can hear Kurt Cobain say something that's not, preachy about drugs and you can still sort of get the the thrill of of transgression but also still understand that it's tragic like it seems like somehow someone like Kurt Cobain can accomplish both of those things simultaneously um whereas I don't know if Dolores O'Riordan has that much is capable of that much nuance yeah and I think for the listener it's usually fiction mm-hmm so it's easy to kind of appreciate from a distance and, you know, think of how uh, uh, exhilarating that sort of thing would be without actually experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So Wikipedia makes it sound like maybe not necessarily this is in response to the drug addiction, but um, an experience that she had, a poor experience that she had with drugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she she says it is uh, not uh, in an interview with Kurt Loder, I believe. Um, it wasn't supposed to be an anti-drug song per se, but she says kind of anti the idea of becoming totally controlled by anything, any substance at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, I like the chorus. I like the, I like the just salvation is free. That being the chorus, I mean, that's a, a good line, and I feel like that can apply to anything. And um, I don't know if she's necessarily seeing it in a religious context. I don't feel like it has to be taken in a religious context. Um, I don't think it. I I, I don't take it a, as religious. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think this music video is pretty cool. Um. <laughs> I couldn't help but think that the murderous clown was a juggalo. Oh, interesting. It looked like a juggalo to me. Yeah, there's a murderous clown who sort of has pinhead vibes too. He's got sharp things coming out of his head, yeah. terrorizing a family. Mm-hmm. I just think we've seen some pretty lame music videos throughout our time here, and we haven't really seen a lot of like real vision or a lot of what looks like real budget thrown at these things. Yeah, and I just thought that yet. this one had uh, it had good art direction. Like there's the um, there's sort of the model of the house on the hill and it's kind of small and the clown is kind of spinning around it and then they go onto the set and they're kind of interesting colors. Uh, it, in some ways it has the same sort of aesthetic as Tonight Tonight, which is going to be coming mm-hmm. out around this same time period where it's sort of like a, like a the same kind of surrealism as like early cinema and um there's a, I don't know, the night sky becomes a kind of a constant in music videos around this time. I'm thinking of one headlight having a, mm. a, a, a curtain with stars on it. And um, I think the Marcy Playground video has some, like, you know, stars hanging from the ceiling and things like that. There's just, we're entering into this surreal night sky era of alternative rock aesthetic. Just something that I noticed. The thing that I am I'm kind of unhappy about that I think we're heading into is we're David Fincher has been making music videos for quite a while at this point, but we're starting to get the David Fincher aesthetic, which is when everything is yellow or everything is green, and it's like a sickly color that is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just kind of probably digitally imposed on everything that we're looking at. I'm not a fan of that look. I have to admit, I didn't really watch this video in preparation for this episode, but I'm going by by memory. Yeah. Was there like some like CGI stuff happening or like maybe the transitions were super like it was, it, there was a different sort of technical digital look to this than what we'd seen previously. Right. That's possible. There is a the, the corny part of the video is that the band is performing um, and the floor kind of tapers off into like a cliff. And that looks very computer generated or at least very artificial when they're doing that. It's funny because it's the almost the exact same effect that is used in the living on the edge music video (laughs) by Aerosmith, which is a very cool music video. That's the one where Steve Tyler is painted halfway down his body and it looks like he has a zipper down the center of his body. And one part is part is all completely black and the other part he's like mad hatter and he's like on this like treadmill moving you know the jamiroquai thing they're kind of coming to and from the camera and uh hmm. basically everything the cranberries do aerosmith just does it just a little I bit lo- better i like the zipper the 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 zipper idea he's half yeah. painted black he is, but it does not have blackface vibes. Tell that to Roddy Piper at WrestleMania Six. Oh boy, did he get in some trouble? <laughs> he did. Well, I mean, posthumously or recently, hmm. but I mean, yeah, it was the same, same sort of. I don't know. I didn't mean to get into that. <laughs> Roddy. <laughs> <That's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> well, the video is directed by a guy named Olivier Dahan who also directed the movie La Vie en Rose, which won some Oscars, but I've never seen it. Um, Album. This is from the album To the Faithful Departed. What do you think about that phrase? Isn't faithful an adverb? Shouldn't it be Should faithfully? It be to, the, to the faithfully departed? I think I uh, always thought that's every what time it I was. Hear that. Yeah. Hmm. It seems so, so awkward. I am looking at departed as a noun, the departed being the people who have departed. Therefore, you'd use an adjective like faithful to describe them. So the faithfully departed, faithfully would be referring to departing as an action rather than those who have departed. Right, gotcha. Yeah. 
It's terrible. I hate it. You hate the album? I no, I know. <laughs> I just the title. I need faithfully. And I don't I don't have a good uh excuse for why that is. The album yeah. is very cool. I thought yeah, the album like was it. neat. Um it's uh there's like an urgency to it. And I felt like the um passion and sensitivity of the lyrics uh seemed to just seem a little bit more real and sincere this time around. I don't know why I can't really place why that wasn't the case for the last album. That was, um, was that everybody else is doing it? So why can't we, or was it no need to argue? I think no I need to up. argue was the album that had, uh, zombie on it. Yeah. Okay. So since that time, yeah. <laughs> we should know this. Okay, cool. Um, I can confirm. Um, yeah, but for whatever reason, she's still singing about war. She's still mm-hmm. singing about children, and um, it just makes more sense this time. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't give a good example for why that is. It just feels more uh, it feels more real and more sincere. I still felt <laughs> like some of it was sort of ham handedly preachy, but I think just the fact that there are some breezy pop songs on it just kind of helps contextualize all that a lot more um so that you kind of have a sense of like what joy is before we have to talk about joy being torn apart or whatever you know there's the song towards the end um sarajevo or no i think it's called bosnia the titles titles bosnia the yes. final track and the chorus is just sarajevo sarajevo Sarajevo, Bosnia, was so unkind. And the way that she sings it evokes a little bit of an eye roll from me. Hmm. And it feels very cynical, but I don't know. It's tricky to pull off of really overtly political lyrics. It it is an understatement to to call it unkind. Yeah. And uh, an understatement can be a powerful thing. So I don't know. Maybe it is a good lyric. Two two jangly songs that I really liked. Free to Decide. Mm. Yeah. Mid-tempo, yeah. jangly pop song, good chorus. Really and good. Forever Yellow Skies uh, is kind of got a little bit of a New Order vibe. Am I wrong about that? I was going to say early U2. Okay. Yeah. Mm, Which is not that far off. I really liked that song too. Al. I liked both of those. There were some really bad songs though too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what? Um I thought when you're gone is bad. Um So that was a like, single. Yeah, it sure was. I don't Here's the thing. I don't remember any other singles from this from like in the 90s. Like I only recall mm-hmm. Salvation. So a lot of this was pretty new to me. Um When you're gone just sounded like a shitty like take on a doo-wop song. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't like that at all. Um, so apparently that's been like a, for a Cranberries fans, that's been like a big posthumous favorite. Okay. Uh, like as a way to commemorate Dolores Sorry. O'Riordan. No, that's fine. I apologize. As far as I could tell, that song did not chart on modern rock radio, but on the, in the top 40, it went to number 27. So it at least had a brief hmm. moment. Um. I also didn't care for wait what uh oh War Child I hated um I I think War Child sounded like a contemporary Christian song to me mm-hmm. um and then oh is it Will You Remember that's like the kind of like medieval like waltz song yeah is there song? A, a pretty accordion heavy one or something yeah, like that something like that yeah like uh mandolin and like a circus keyboard kind of mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah and i think those were the only ones that i hated uh the the final single hollywood i think um was fine but it was like it just kind of felt like zombie part yeah, two almost. the first like, time that i put this album on hollywood made a really bad impression on me and, it's, and that's the it, opener to yeah, of yeah, the album. It's, yeah. it's lightened up for me where I, I, I'm cool with it now, but 
at first I was like, oh yeah, this is everything that's wrong with zombie. Maybe plus a little more. Mm. Yeah, I would say that I I like zombie more. I mean, she does the yodeling in it too, Mm -hmm. which is just like, yeah, like almost in the exact same way. And it, it just seemed like a blatant, yeah, like a blatant second run at that song because they knew it was so huge in the first place. But yeah, yeah the, album's, some... uh, the album's 52 minutes long, mm. which is not unusual for this time, but that's too mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, a song that I kind of digged was um, I'm Still Remembering, um, which kind of sounded like a Galaxy 500 uh, mm. style song. Um, pretty... Mm and like repetitive um but uh nice melody um and just kind of like unassuming and it was cool i i like that song um i'm with you on when you're gone i had a really hard time getting past that song i tried to listen to the album a couple of times and each time i got stuck on when you're gone it felt way too long and i could see it being a single with the exception of the length or at least the feel of the length, because it seemed Mm. like it just went on and on and on. But when I skipped past that, it was easy for me to get through the rest of the album. I thought free to decide was awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. My other favorite song from the album was the rebels. I thought the rebels was an incredible song. I liked that song as well. It wasn't even just like, this is, Oh, this is good for an album track. Like that should have been a single. That was a really, mm-hmm. really good song. We rolled out Martin's this Picked our toenails black and let her hair grow. What I am now is what I was then. I am not more acceptable than that. I am not more. And then I feel like we got to comment on I just shot John Lennon if for no other reason than the premise of the song itself. Uh-huh. I don't uh <laughs> I mean uh, I don't I don't really really know what to say about it. It's uh like what I don't know what you're getting at here. Dolores. Yeah, I mean obviously with the album title and Salvation and and all these songs, I mean the theme is sort of reflecting on people's deaths. Um I mean I guess, you know, in theory it's a creative idea to take on the perspective of a famous killer. Uh that that song didn't really do anything for me though. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really understood that. Uh, the appeal of like humanizing uh like a murderer in a song mm-hmm. like I, I like some people do it and then people go wow that was really brave and i'm like what like what <laughs> <laughs> like the sufian uh john wayne gacy thing always comes to mind with that and i'm like so like why did he do that what what's the mm. what's the end game there friend yeah you're trying <laughs> trying to make me relate to him i don't want to do that that's crazy. I guess I never thought of that as a um, humanizing song, but right. Yeah, I think of, you know, there's a tradition of the murder ballad, which is sort mm. of a folk music, country music thing um, that's usually like a very simple song telling the story of a killing. Like, I mean, think about Johnny Cash. Like, you know, I think Johnny Cash mm. is, is big on the murder ballads. Um where to me it just has sort of like a kind of a fun tall tale kind of vibe to it but that does that's not what's here and that's not what's in the Sufjan song either yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean like a boy named sue is is fun and silly enough that you can kind of uh uh i don't know just appreciate it as a story a story mm-hmm. song but like yeah with something that fresh or vivid or um visceral is like John Lennon or John Wayne Gacy. Like I'm like, I don't know. If somebody can explain it to me, I'd I'd love to hear a good reason for why that's a um an interesting artistic sort of expression. I I, I think that mostly just musically it was kind of mostly all based in the same minor chord and 
that I, I just mm. wasn't. I just found it kind of dreary. Um, do you want to talk about the charts? Yeah, let's 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 do it. All right, let's, let's go there. Our number one on the mainstream chart is "Humans Being" mm. by mm. Van Halen. R.I.P. Eddie. He'll have been dead for a couple months by the time that this airs. Uh, Twister soundtrack, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, respect the wind. Respect the wind. Respect it. <laughs> You got to be pretty invested in Eddie's playing to get into this one, I think. I think so too. Humans being, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what was uh, what was the other one? Me Wise Magic came out around this time. That was that was their <laughs> other single. Uh, but that was with with DLR, and that was uh, way better, <laughs> way better single. Me Wise yeah. Magic. Yeah, I, I mean the, the the technique of the guitar is fun to listen to, but as a song, it's just awful. <laughs> I mean, the vocals are terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know any of this shit. Yeah, but there was the one song. I'm still going. I'd still stand by. Uh, what was the other song? Don't tell me what love can do. I will go okay. down with that ship. All right, that rocked. Uh, number one on the pop chart. It's. The Crossroads. Oh, right. Another song for the faithful departed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, I like this song a lot. Yeah, it's great. Boom, 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 boom. Tell me what you're going to do, but it ain't nowhere to run. When judgment comes for you, when judgment comes for you. Never heard anyone rap like that when I was when I was yeah. thirteen. That blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. That blew my sing, busy bone. Sing rapping, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about the sing rapping thing. We don't have a whole lot of that up until this point. Although, you know, certainly someone like Montel Jordan, like that's sort of like you could argue that that's like sing rapping where there's kind of it's a little bit of a mixture. I don't know if um, I'm sure we could think of some other examples. It's very popular um, right now. It's very popular right now. And in its current form it kind of drives me crazy. I, I think of this as, as the Drake school of vocal delivery, and I know that Trav will defend it to, at least to some degree, but I just don't like it. I just I don't it. like Drake. Yeah. There's a rapper named Mick Jenkins that I like that um, does it pretty well, um, mm-hmm. but it's not like like really fast-paced rapping like it's like it could go either way i would say maybe it's more similar to like al what you're thinking of with montel jordan maybe uh-huh. that that kind of style um but he also raps too and um but yeah i the i uh bone thugs did it cool um mm-hmm. i'm i'm with you I'm, I'm not a huge fan of of that style now um what the sing rapping is kind of so where did that turn i actually heard love lockdown on the radio the other day from 808s and heartbreak and i mean was ti doing that stuff before Mm -hmm. kanye was doing the auto-tune sort of rap sing or uh i mean was that really pioneered with 808s and heartbreak i remember that being greeted with like people were not sure what to do with it, but I feel like I was listening to that song on the radio. I, I hadn't heard it in a while, and I was like, "The song is weird, and I don't really like it that much." But I actually do think that this transformed rap radio. I, I kind of think, to some degree, we are listening to the at least a portion of a corner of the world of rap is is coming from 
the eight oh eights and heartbreak mold. I don't remember um being having an experience where that impacted my world in any way. Yeah. I remember reading about it. I remember trying it out because I had really liked the first three Kanye albums, as a lot of people had. And uh that was just too far out there for me and I didn't find anything really appealing about it and it, which is strange because it was probably you know with the auto-tuning meant to be a more melodic sort of album and i didn't find anything like melodic about any of the songs that i'd heard at the time i haven't well, listened so to it cold. since it came out yeah mm. yeah and very technical mm -hmm. and robotic and all of that um so yeah i my understanding was that this had always really come from drake and um you know, rapping with a melody to it. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess I can understand why that would be um, kind of undercutting the impact of traditional rapping. Um, but I still appreciate it because I think Drake has really great melodies and I really like, mm -hmm. I, I really like Drake's singles. Yeah. And some of his, his album tracks too. Drake is uh, very much a Morrissey-style melodicist mm -hmm. to me. I feel like um, it's just not, the melodies are not very deliberate. They feel tossed off. He's crooning. And yeah, and I, I think that maybe that's just something that in general Interesting. Uh, doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. I like God's Plan. I like that Drake song. God's Plan. That's all I, <laughs> I, I like uh, Wheelchair Jimmy from Jimmy Degrassi, The Next Generation. Downtown yeah. Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Downtown Sasquatch. Uh, on the modern rock charts, what do you see? I have a list. I have a I've list. got quite a few. Yeah. 40 I songs feel long. Like, uh, this was a good, <laughs> this was a good uh, week. I will try to go rapid fire here. Um, at number seven, we got Pretty News by Soundgarden. Really rocking. rips. That song kills. It, uh, I, I, it made, like, I was just like, I, I have to check out this album. I've never listened to the album all the way through. And it was such a pleasant surprise to me. Um, there was album tracks that I really enjoyed. Um, Pretty Noose is still, like, the best. Like, Pretty Noose rules. Hmm. Um, I think it is... I. I still really love um, Fell in Black Days. That still might be my favorite Soundgarden single, but Pretty Noose is really up there. The drummer is so unbelievably good. He hits the drums with such precision and just power. And um, That song just, is so heavy. It is. And he just, on the whole record, his drumming is just amazing. So good. And it just sounds great. It, they just captured it, it. It really has a lot to do. I believe it has a lot to do with just the way that he plays. And um, he's like not flashy and noodly like say what uh, Danny Carey is the drummer from Tool. Um, uh, it's not like that. It, it's still within a groove he's still like a little bit in the pocket but he's just um i mean i guess you could say he's a little bit um bottom-esque um but just with a little bit more flash to it he just rules i love love his drumming um yeah i've never really noticed the drumming in soundgarden before so i mm, I'll he rules. go back and listen again i had that album when it came out um i bought it for burden in my hand which was very much my style in 1996 but I think I might be with you going back that a pretty noose is, is really the one. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not a burden in my hand song. I, I, I don't really uh, like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Next. Uh, I promise I'll go quicker. Next. No, you... <laughs> uh, number 12 here in your bedroom by Goldfinger. That's yeah, baby. My next one too. Here in your bedroom, I turn my head off. The less that I feel is the last that I'm on. 
Um, Hornless Ska, whatever. Uh, it's fine. It is not as good as the Suicide Machines. Um, hmm. I, I, my introduction to Goldfinger was, uh, is it a Lonely House? This Lonely House or something like that? Um, from the follow-up album to this. I don't think so. It premiered on 89X, I recall. Um, it You're was talking top- about the next, the next album? Yeah. Superman. Superman and... was the first single, and then there was another single There was called... another one. This um... Lonely Place, not Lonely oh, House. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> not Lonely House. Um, I don't think that that's on the 89X playlist. I got to fix that. I almost added it to mine, and I, I thought better of it, but it, it's... Yeah, it's got sort of a, a, a Beatles getting better vibe, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still got some... Uh, it's got... Uh, I think the verses are, like, basically reggae. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the chorus is, like, 60s pop, for sure. Um, The next song, uh, the 13th... Well, hang on, hang oh, on. Let, let, me, let me defend here in your bedroom here. Sorry. This song is one of the rare examples that I can think of of a song that has two distinct vibes that it manages to nail. In fact, maybe even three. Because I think it's pretty successful in the opening reggae bit with the, I mean, if you're a bassist, you you gotta mm-hmm. figure it out. And leaving those ones empty. I mean, and then the, the, here, here and how the guitar comes in on that. Like when you're a kid, you're just like, I mean, it blew my mind. And then for it to go full punk after that, like successfully, which I think it really does. And then transition right back into a Scott chorus. I, I think I, I'm hard pressed to think of a better '90s ska uh, example. Suicide Machines. What song? New Girl is awesome. Um, most of Destruction by Definition is awesome. Um, Maybe I need to go back because I just remember them as doing the song about the dog peeing on the floor. What was that yeah. piece of garbage song? The, oh man, I love that song. <laughs> what was that song called? Uh, Some super twee. No, dude, it's that's just like a guitar pop song. It junky was, thing. That's good. Oh, the dog barks at the end, and you realize the whole thing was about his dog. <laughs> I I disliked that song as a kid and recently decided that I really like it. Do, do none of us know? It's a girl's name, isn't it? Isn't um, it the title of the song? I, Man, the listeners know. are just screaming at us right now. <laughs> um, I'll tell I'm, you. I'm going to say that it's, this is Sometimes I Don't Mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's just kind of like a 90s alt-rock song. Sure. And number 16, The 13th by The Cure from Wild Mood Swings. Awesome. Blew my mind. Yeah. Totally blew my mind. This I'm a big Cure fan. My favorite album by The Cure is Wish from 1992. I've never listened to this album, which is the follow-up, um, Wild Mood Swings. This song is just unbelievable. It sounds like nothing really I've ever heard before, but it sounds so much like The Cure. Um, it is just a really, really nice uh, song. Trav, lay it on me. What, a, what do You're you right. know about it? No, it's, you... it's awesome. It's a really great song. I didn't actually know that it was a single. Um, it just jumps out at you. Like you said, like nothing you've ever really heard before. It's um, such a unique sounding song. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It is crazy that we don't get to, to talk about Mint Car as a, sing, as, a, as a number one hit from this era because that song is perfect. Um, not to get, I, now we're getting into you know the woods here, but like, mm. yeah. Looking at this album. I think it's on the chart. I think it charted, but not as a number one. Anyways, yeah, the 13th. Very cool. 
very uh, exotic sounding Cure song that sounds mm-hmm. very much like uh, a different corner of the Cure's universe than they've displayed mm-hmm. up until this point. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I Yeah, I have to check this album out. I feel like it has a lot of potential for me. Though I think it's really long, but mm. whatever. They're allowed to do that. Al, you hate The Cure, right? No, 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 no. I, I, I just, I feel like at some point, I had to acknowledge that I wasn't really a Cure fan. And I think it took me a long time to realize that. Even took me buying several Cure albums and liking a lot of Cure songs for me to realize that um, I don't think I'm going to get into their thing. Mm-hmm. Really. I, I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, okay. My Cure, my Cure, <laughs> what, what insulting thing you have to say to me? Mm, nothing <laughs> okay that's enough <laughs> i think I, I must have sort of weird cure taste because i think if i were to talk about my favorite cure songs it's like the love cats love it and amazing friday i'm in love amazing yeah and uh um those are both fantastic songs yeah i mean boys don't cry maybe i'm just a super mm-hmm. basic yeah. maybe that's just what i realized was that that i was i was never going to be able to transcend being a super basic cure fan yeah i can't think those of are like three of my favorite songs of yeah i can't really think of any bad cure singles i guess my least mm. favorite was probably why can't i be you um mm. but like everything other than that has been excellent mm-hmm. yeah you know there are just some things that they do that i just i can't get past Spider-Man is having me for dinner tonight. Yeah, I can't one. do that. I can't do it. And is it a Spider-Man, like a truly a grotesque spider monster that is humanoid? <laughs> or is it Spider-Man, the comic book character? Like, what are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> the lyrics to that song are so unpleasant that it's, I don't even really want to get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I've never been able to understand killing an Arab Mm-hmm. Um, despite it being like very clearly a category of like post punk that I I really like. I mean, it's the stranger, right? Yeah, that's a song about the Camus? stranger. Yep. Um, you familiar? I don't know what you're talking about. Albert Camus, the stranger. It was a book that he'd written. Really, a novel. I mean, I've heard of Camus before. Hmm. Isn't that ironic? i think honestly um uh my camus references are probably from um there's a joanna newsom song uh that references camus and uh doesn't doesn't Mm. homer have a hilarious uh Camus can do, but Sartre is Smartra. Yeah, isn't that a is that a Homer thing? That's a uh, that's the um, the critic, and then Homer says, uh, "Scooby Doo can do do, but Jimmy Carter is smarter." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, good cranberries up, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna move it along. Jars of Clay, Flood, Down oh, from we'll 16. Why is the world in love again? Why are we marching hand in hand? Why are the ocean levels rising up? It's a brand new song. Six. Jars of Clay. Brand new song. Down from 16 to number 19, boo. Uh, <laughs> and number 20, Bulls on Parade by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Uh, Hitting hard in 2020. Dude, that song's fine and all, but uh, the rhythm section are great. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my takeaway from Rage in my adulthood um tom morello couldn't care less about what he's doing on guitar oh um except for one uh, there's some moments Mm -hmm. i'll take it back there's some moments but bass and drums are awesome um um lush is lady killers at number 22 um 
Back to the Britpop zone. Um, my wife and our uh, recent guest, Sarah, um, big fan of Lush. Um, I always assumed that they were like a kind of more dancey uh, pop band um, by this point. I know they were shoegaze earlier on, but this was like a jangly garage rock kind of song. And it, it's good. It, it, it's it's pretty good. Um. And number 25, Love Untold by Paul Westerberg. I've never really spent time with solo Westerberg. I thought the song was totally mediocre. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really care for it. Solo um, Westerberg is pleasant, but it doesn't really grab your attention. I feel like I've heard another single that was good, but I, I couldn't tell you what, what that is. But this, I, I didn't really care for. Love Untold is great, but not Replacements great. Mm-hmm. Like if this was just a song you heard on the radio, it would, it would be better than 99% of everything you hear on the radio, even from this era. But like when you hear it that, or you look at it and find that it's from Paul Westerberg, you're expecting greatness and it doesn't necessarily deliver to that level. But um, yeah, relative to everything else that was happening at the time, I think love untold is really awesome. Cool. Spiderwebs by No Doubt is at number 27. Maybe one day we will go in depth about that song. Yeah, definitely. Um, like, um, but uh, that song, I from the first time I ever heard it, I, I've always liked that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got two more. Uh, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by Marilyn Manson. Yep. Well, by Annie I- Lennox, right? But... Uh, covered by Marilyn Manson. This video freaked me the fuck out as a child. And yeah. It's still kind of scary. He looks pretty scary um, in this video. Um, I don't Definitely like... Definitely an indication of where ra- the radio is heading. Mm-hmm. Do you, did you guys ever like the song? Or was it nah. too scary and heavy for you? It was as too a, scary, heavy, and too boring. Yeah, agreed. I, I guess I thought it was cool. It was cool in that novelty cover kind of way where it's like, what if you took this corny mm-hmm. pop song from the 80s and made it a metal song? Like that mm-hmm. wasn't happening a mm-hmm. lot at the time. And this was probably one of the first instances of that happening mm-hmm. where it was like, whoa, cool. But it's, no, wait, it's was, not. was it by Annie Lennox or by Eurythmics? Eurythmics, okay, I think. Okay, okay. I I I like the original song to be honest, um, but yeah, this is, you know, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Interesting to remember. I I remember the first time I ever heard it, the the cover, uh-huh. uh, it, and it it was seeing the video. It was like the first time I had seen the video. I was I think it was had to have been sixth grade, and I think I was staying the night at a friend's house, or it was just like a friend's birthday party or something and it was just a bunch of us buddies just kind of hanging out watching tv and playing video games and um that saw that video and yeah it just freaked me out i was just like what in the world is this um and it scared me um i think the beautiful people is the only Marilyn manson song i can get behind cool rhythm section I'm pretty interested in revisiting that song because yeah. I remember the rhythm section being awesome on that song. Yeah. Um, the last song I wanted to mention was um, Someday I Will Treat You Good by Sparkle Horse at number 39. I would have never have guessed that that band were ever um, had ever charted um, like this. Um, I don't know a ton about them. I know uh, the main songwriter, I think his name is Mark Linkus. Um, sounds right. He, uh, passed away, um, in like 2008 or nine or something. Um, and I, I only know the album goodbye or good morning spider, which is awesome. I love it. It's, um, 
kind of electronic leaning um indie pop i guess like there's some nice guitar stuff um really great melodies um pretty sad um it's it's a really beautiful stunning album um this uh album that this song is from is i think their first full length and it's just kind of boring guitar rock whatever I, I i was pretty let down i i w- had been interested in checking this album out and um this single is not a really great um nothing that's getting me excited about it but i really liked this song i mean i you did. I, I, I have liked <laughs> this it. song i didn't uh i i haven't listened to it recently but this is one of the very few sparkle horse songs that i know and it jumped out at me as being a really great classic 90s rock single hmm. I w- I would be curious to know what either of you thought of Good Morning Spider. I don't know that I either of you would like it. Okay. Um, I'll check it out. But I love it. it. It's it's way too long. It's like seventeen songs and like an hour. Um, but I I think it's beautiful. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's either of your thing. Uh, I thought it was at, worth, at least worth giving a quick shout out to uh, Banditos by The Refreshments, which is just a hmm. just a, a, a dependable, good period um, one-off. And uh, Who Will Save Your Soul by Jewel has oh, appeared, yeah. which I, I feel like is a, um, definitely an important time marker and a mm-hmm. song that I like a fair amount too. Yeah, pretty much, again, looking at the list, everything on this list is good. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, if we want to call sweet dreams, good. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, everything is at least interesting. <laughs> at least interesting. Sure. Like yeah, what a great, yeah. great period of, yeah. uh, modern rock radio. Yeah. Th- this was the most, like uh, there was so much. And yeah, I, I, there was a lot that I skipped over because it was, you know, things yeah. that we've already talked about, yeah. but like it, it is a lot of, I would say mostly good, but at least interesting. Everything is, is interesting and, and worth, um, thinking about and maybe checking out want to rate salvation by the cranberries yeah yeah i'll go first i think not only salvation is a perfect song i think salvation is the best song we've covered and Mm. maybe the best song we will ever cover as a number one on the show for that i give salvation five dare scare fair bairns (laughs) nice I like this one a lot maybe not quite as much as Trav I give this busy bone wish bone lazy bone and crazy bone but I do withhold flesh and bone (laughs) so uh, that would be a four I give this song uh 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 Five uh-huh-huhs. Five Kim Deal uh-huh-uhs. <laughs> Great. Oh, I, that's, dude, uh, that's a Hall of Famer. It is. I'm with you, Trav. I, I will say that maybe uh, one or two of the Stone Temple Pilot songs uh, that we covered uh, in the special I might like more, but I think this is the best, uh, yeah, best song we've covered. Um, and it's, yeah, this is my first perfect rating um, outside of wow. the STP songs. Wow. Love it. All right. Congratulations to the Cranberries. Definitely a Hall of Famer. Nirvana wannabe? Hmm. Uh, I think we... Uh, I don't remember what we uh, said on Zombie. Uh, clearly a different feeling song. But I, I think that um, if it weren't for Nirvana, maybe they wouldn't have written this song. Like may, maybe... It's an influence, but I don't think it's a direct. It's jangly, and and I I think there are other other bands that um they're referencing than Nirvana, but I think Nirvana plays a small role in influencing the Cranberries. Yeah, and it you know happens to be about uh, drug addiction, and I think that that you know. was a part of Nirvana's legacy, unfortunately. And um, yeah, may not have happened the way it did without um, Kurt's struggles. So no, it's not a Nirvana wannabe. Okay. 
Tell me all your thoughts on Pod as part of the Off Shelf family. Head to offshelf.net to sign up for their monthly zine and check out our sibling podcast, Best Song Ever. The best, most fun way for us to communicate with all of you is via Facebook group. Tell me all your thoughts on Tell Me All Your Thoughts on Pod. However, we still love receiving your emails at thoughtsonpod at gmail.com. Listen along with our playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, or watch along on YouTube. Next week, it's Mother, Mother, Mother by Tracy Bonham. Isn't, isn't that one too many mothers? Sorry? I thought it was just Mother, Mother. I'm pretty sure it's Mother, Mother, Mother. What? Oh. I think it's Space Lord Mother Mother (laughs) by Tracy Bonham, right? Anyway, Mother by Tracy Tracy Bonham (laughs) next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.